there. You are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and I am on this earth to help you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from miscarriage. It's definitely my calling. It wasn't all that long ago that I too suffered three miscarriages of my own and six years of infertility. And I really know how painful and lonely the journey can be. Over those six years, I developed some really solid tools for releasing the emotional pain of loss and for truly healing from the inside out. And I'm here to share them all with you so that you can feel like yourself again. So if you've had a miscarriage or experienced the loss that infertility brings, because there is a loss there too, you are in the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're taking the first step toward healing by joining me today. Let's get started. Hey there, you are listening to the Love and Loss podcast. This is episode number 44, Triggers Are Like the Octopus. I'm going to talk more about this, but before we dive in, I want to tell you about a brand new offering that I am so excited to share with you today. The doors are opening today and we'll stay open for a week so till next Thursday at midnight and it's called the trigger release formula it's a mini program really short you can get through it in a couple of hours but you will use it over and over and over potentially throughout the rest of your life if you like I'm going to tell you more about that at the end of the episode, but I wanted to get that out there. You'll find a link to sign up for that in the show notes. So let's dive in. Let's talk about triggers. This is something I talk a lot about. It's something I'm kind of developing a passion for, and it's partly because there is such a a belief out there that it's something we can't heal from, that it's something that others do to us versus something that we can actually heal ourselves. And that was a big shift for me. It might be a big shift for you. So stay tuned and I'll explain more about that. As someone who never had children and went through three miscarriages and six years of infertility before my husband and I made the decision to stop trying, I would have spent the rest of my life being triggered by pregnancy announcements and baby showers if I didn't learn how to heal them. Even at 48, which is how old I am now, three years after deciding to stop fertility treatments, I still occasionally feel that familiar pain of a trigger. But now, thank goodness, I know how to take care of it. We're taught throughout life that other people are the cause of triggers, as I mentioned earlier. You probably started hearing about it when you first got into a relationship with someone, or maybe that's when you first started noticing it. Spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends, they always know how to hit your hot buttons, right? But what I see most out there on social media and even in counseling, is that when someone hits our hot buttons, it has more to do with them than with us. Social media, for example, will give you the idea that awareness 
is going to help. So awareness about miscarriage, awareness about what you're going through, awareness about infertility, asking them to stop triggering you, telling them all the best ways, all the the best things to say and the things not to say. That's building education and awareness and that's going to help you to stop being triggered. You'll actually see tons of posts out there. If you haven't already, you'll start seeing them now or noticing them now of all the women listing all the things not to say to someone who's had a miscarriage or what to say when someone's who's, who's what not to say to someone who's experiencing infertility, what not to say to someone who's trying to adopt. I even see it in other areas, what not to say to someone who's getting a divorce. Um, it, it goes on and on that list of scenarios that in which we're triggered. Counselors, on the other hand, will teach you to communicate. Communicate with a person who's hit your hot button. Tell them, this is how that made me feel. This is how what you said made me feel. This is how what you did made me feel. In hopes that telling them how you how they're making you feel is going to make them stop hitting the hot button. So in other words, please stop hitting my hot button because it makes me feel bad. A hot button is a trigger and a trigger is a hot button. They're, they're the same thing. And they all boil down to something that triggers a negative reaction within you. Most of the time it's anger, but it could also be sadness. It could be irritation, annoyance. It could be other things as well. And that negative reaction is evidence of pain within you that is unhealed. And it's pain that's possible to heal. Pain that when it is healed is no longer going to be triggered. To turn that the other way around, triggers, they all, as I said, they all boil down to something that triggers a negative reaction within you. And that something can be triggered by many different things or triggers that may look different, but they're all triggering the same pain. So that might be a new concept for you. So let me explain. I recently watched the Netflix documentary called My Octopus Teacher. It is such a great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's so cool and it's amazing. So anyway, the story is, it's not a story. It's a, well, it is a story. It's, um, it follows a South African filmmaker who takes to the waters of the Atlantic ocean, just off of Cape town. And he discovers an octopus and he befriends that octopus. And through his documentation of his days following this octopus around in the water, he notices how they change shape. They change color. They can disguise themselves in different situations to protect themselves. And it's quite amazing what they can do. One of the scenes is this octopus that has he discovers it at first when it it's a ball 
what looks like a ball of shells and debris from the bottom of the ocean. And it's an octopus that has picked up those shells with its sections, cups on its arms, um, and has pulled its arms around itself and created a ball in order to hide, disguise itself. And I just found that I'd never seen anything like this. And I don't think the the filmmaker had either. It was quite shocking when it released all the shells and skittered away. So triggers are like an octopus. They change shape. They change color. They disguise themselves in different situations so that you don't recognize them as a trigger or you may not recognize the pain that it's triggering. Triggers are shapeshifters. This is something that I heard Gabby Bernstein say. And until recently, I really didn't know what she meant by it. But that's exactly what she meant was that triggers change shape, but they always dial down to the wounds underneath it all. Let me give you an example. A really simple example, and this may or may not have happened to you, but it's, um, I'm sure you can find, uh, something similar in your life. So when your husband or your spouse affectionately teases you about the five pounds you've gained and you explode, what is this about? Well, the chances are that you've already judged yourself for that weight gain, your body already doesn't measure up to your own standards. You've probably judged your body many times before too. And it's painful to feel like your body isn't good enough. Like your body doesn't measure up to your own standards, to society's standards, whatever you're measuring your body against. It's a flaw. When your hubby or your spouse points it out, The wound is already there. That pain is already there. You've already, you're already feeling the pain of that weight gain. He's just pressed his finger on that wound. You feel flawed and he's reminded you of that. So your husband's words, your husband's teasing are the trigger. The pain that's being triggered is that judgment that you have towards your body, that feeling that your body's not good enough, that feeling that your body's flawed. So that's, that's one example of a trigger. Then taking the same example a bit further later, you go into a shop and a woman is trying on the same dress as you and it looks fantastic on her, but for you, it's too tight around the hips, too loose on the bust, maybe vice versa. The other woman and the sales lady are gushing about how great it looks, how excited she is about the wedding coming up, where she's going to wear it. And suddenly that woman is the most annoying person in the world. She's loud and she's conceited. And why doesn't she just pay for that dress already and get out of the store? What's happening here? That woman is triggering your pain. The fact that that dress looks good on her is highlighting that it doesn't fit you that well. It's highlighting your 
own pain around your body image. She's making you feel flawed, but it's a flaw that you already feel. So once again, she's not the cause of your pain. She's not the one who's hurting you. You're already hurt. You're already in pain. Her presence is just pressing on that wound. Let me give you maybe a more relevant example for something that's perhaps your current situation or similar to it. I have someone in my life who had a miscarriage and then a few years of infertility. And at first she was triggered by pregnancy announcements, similar pain. Her body isn't good enough. Her body's not measuring up to the women who are pregnant. Her body didn't do what it was supposed to do. Her body's not cooperating. Her body's not good enough to have a baby. That's the pain. And it's the person who posts a pregnancy announcement or a birth announcement that highlights that pain. It shines a light on that pain and shows her that it's not healed. So that's if you are here because you've had a miscarriage or you're experiencing infertility, you've probably experienced that. Most women do. It's a pretty common trigger. I felt it definitely for many years until I finally figured out how to heal. And I'll tell you about that in a minute too. Then she got, using the same example, this woman in my life, she got pregnant and she had her rainbow baby and she had a C-section and a, a traumatic birth. There were complications and she had wanted a natural birth. And she started to notice that whenever women who women talked about their natural births, their easy births, she was triggered. That was what she wanted. It triggered a flaw. And once again, her body wasn't good enough to have the natural birth she desired. The trigger's different. It's now a different woman. It's not the woman who's announcing her pregnancy. It's the woman who's had a natural birth. But the pain underlying it is the same. It's that feeling, that belief that her body isn't good enough. One last example, and this is from my own experience and for many others, I've seen um, others who've gone through my, my mini program on trigger release. I have clients who have felt the same way or have indicated they have the same underlying pain. So for me and others, seeing other women get pregnant and have babies triggers a feeling of not fitting in. It's a feeling of not being good enough to be a mother, not being good enough to be part of the mom crowd. And then I went on to get pregnant and the trigger went away for a little bit until I miscarried that second and then third baby as well. And what I've heard from other clients as well is when they get pregnant, the triggers seem to go away. And that's what society will have you believe that once you get pregnant, 
everything's going to be fine. Your triggers are going to go away. You're going to heal. You're going to have your rainbow baby and everything will be amazing. But what happens, and this is the part that I don't know because I haven't had children. This is coming from clients and and others who've gone through my program. What happens when that mother who's had her rainbow baby, she now wants to have a second child, but has more trouble conceiving. The triggers come back, but now it's not pregnancy announcements that are the trigger. It's the women who get to have a second child. So the trigger has shifted shape. It's now coming in the form of the woman who has two children or who's had announced her second birth or her second pregnancy. But it's triggering that same pain for the woman who wants to have that second child. Another example for the women who have children. So after going on and have made the assumption that their triggers have gone away, there's the mom that is triggered by all the stay at home moms who make homemade birthday cakes and drop their kids off at school instead of putting them on the bus. The career mom who would love to give this to her children becomes the mom that is not as good as they are. She's she's not good enough. So that trigger is there, but again, she doesn't feel like she's good enough to be a part of the mom club that is taking care of her children in a way that she would want to. For me, that underlying wound is one of not fitting in. And for many other women, it's, it's the same thing. It's a feeling of not belonging not being good enough to be a part of a crowd that I wanted to be a part of. And for me, I felt that way as far back as grade five, maybe even longer. And I've had clients come up with a similar pain that stems back well into childhood or teenagerhood, university years. A feeling of not belonging is pain. If you've been made to feel like you weren't good enough to be a part of a crowd that you wanted to be a part of, that is, that can be pain. And it seems silly, but it can go back as far as your childhood feelings of not fitting in, not being part of a popular crowd. That pain when you are a 12 year old can run deep. So now that you know that triggers are something that's triggering a pain that you already have. They're not the source of the pain itself. What do you do about it? You can continue to go through life being annoyed and triggered by other people, blame them for hurting you, resenting them for it, and continuing to stay in your pain. But if you're still with me, I'm guessing you'd rather feel the freedom that comes with letting all of that go doesn't feel good to be in the energy of blame and resentment and feeling hurt. So why not heal the underlying pain so that the triggers actually do go away? They don't actually go away. You just don't feel hurt by them anymore. They're not, the wound 
is, is healed. So there's nothing for those triggers to press upon. If you are someone who would rather feel that freedom that comes with letting go of the pain, I invite you to sign up for that newest offering that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. It's a two hour mini program. It's a, an online program that you can do at your own pace. It's a recorded workshop. There's a PDF workbook that goes along with it. There's a meditation. There's a quick release formula for when you're on the go. It's something that you will have access to for the rest of your life. And it's called the trigger release formula. You will use it again and again to release all of your underlying pain. The card is open for a week starting today. And I invite you to click the link in the show notes to learn more details about that and to sign up. That's it for today. I look forward to recording another episode for you and we'll see you next time. Before you head out, I would be forever grateful if you left me a review on iTunes as that's going to help other women who are suffering from miscarriage or infertility to find this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode for you. In the meantime, make it a week of nurturing and healing for yourself. Bye for now.